Next on News for the Soul, Eyes Wide Open with Janessa and SJ. We are multifaceted beings living in a multidimensional existence. We hold the power of perception. In this power alone, paints our reality. Perception influences the things we see and the things we don't see. Together, we'll explore the mystical and the material, the metaphysical and the physical, the supernatural and the concrete, the seen and the unseen. Please welcome Janessa and SJ back to News for the Soul. Hello, News for the Soul family. I'm Janessa Finley Ford, and I'm going to be your host here this evening. If you are new to my world, I am an empowerment coach who guides leaders, healers, and high achievers to turn their obstacles into outcomes, their trials into triumphs, and their barriers into breakthroughs as we master the art of being human. Now, also, if you're new to to my space of the News for the Family world, you may not know that I am on every other week by myself and every other week with the fabulous and amazing SJ. So this week, you get me to drop some wisdom on you. However, what you may not know, I don't know if you guys here know this or not. If you're in the Stronger Together community, you're well aware. If you jump into my Facebook Lives, you also know But I am a girl who loves to talk from notes, just a little outline, nice little neat outline, keep my thoughts on track, and I don't have that. (laughs) So I'm actually coming to you guys this evening from a remote location. I hope it isn't too echoey. I am in um, a guest space in a healthcare facility as uh, my family is moving through Closer to the end phases of hospice care, supporting them, visiting my loved one. And this wasn't the plan for today until it became the plan for today. And when I packed up to head out, I went and specifically grabbed my notes for this episode. And I have no idea where they are. I can't find them. So when I get back to my home and my office, I'm sure I'll laugh at myself with where I set them. Now, also... (laughs) to the theme of how sometimes we just have to be so resilient. I also left my phone. I stopped at my parents' house on the way to where I am now. I left my phone and I left to come here and to be with family. And thank goodness I did not make it all the way. I only made it a couple miles and I started looking for my phone. And I'm like, well, definitely I'm not going to be on the radio show without that. Ironically, <laughs> when I was driving, I was muscle testing. Am I going to be on the radio show? Like something felt off. And my muscle testing said no. And I'm like, is there going to be a tech glitch with the switchboard? <laughs> my muscle testing also said no. <laughs> I'm like, is it going to be on my end? And it, was, it said yes. And so then I started looking for my phone. So thank you for my spiritual guidance. We just talked about that last week. To clue me in, that was some vital pieces to be here with you all this evening were not where they needed to be. So we have the really important stuff and the things that make it a little prettier aren't here, and that's okay. We're going to do the thing anyway. So thank you for joining me here this evening. We're, we're going to dive into a really fun topic of essentially play, but pleasure as a superpower. 
and why pleasure and play is so powerful in adulthood and how the more joy and laughter that you can incorporate into your life, the, you know, better things are. You attract more good into your life naturally and easily. You enjoy life. You know, there's the whole saying about if your work isn't work, if your work is play, you'll never work a day in your life, right? Like, we know these things on the surface, but embodying that and living that, huh, it can it cannot be quite as easy as what it sounds. So before we get into that, let me grace you with a somewhat funny story for my Stronger Together community. I apologize. You've already heard this one. But it's so applicable because here in the Midwest, we have just had brutal weather. And I know we're not alone. There's been a lot of brutal weather out there nationwide. And for those of you in other countries, I'm sorry, I not so sure what your weather has been like. Hopefully it's been way better than the winter that has been just knocking on our door repeatedly. And a little bit of perspective too. This is not the funny story, but you might get a giggle. Last week or over the weekend, the wind chills were negative 40 degrees here. Just brutally cold. And I did not want to leave my house for anything. My dog didn't even want, and then, like, to go to the bathroom, her paws would freeze just in a couple minutes of being outside. And last year, uh, when I got married, the day that we got married, it was also negative 40-degree wind chill. And so it put that day into a little bit of perspective. Also, the mindset, right? Like, I was so convicted, still am, don't think I was wrong, zero regrets. When we chose to get married, I absolutely knew that was my path and where I needed to be. And then when the weather was so cold, I'm like, of course it is, because this is how our whole, like, last year, year and a half has gone. So, of course, of course, it's going to be negative 40 degrees when chill. I'm not, I'm not even surprised, and I'm not even going to think twice about it. Like, again, sometimes there's a resiliency. We can either say oh, I just don't think it's meant to be. It's not easily fallen into place. Sometimes it is a redirect. Other times, we're really tested. How bad do you want it? And if you don't keep going, you're not going to have the thing that you want. Now, in hindsight, this year when it's negative 40 degrees, I'm sitting here thinking, I am a little bit nuts. The Janessa that was a year ago in a wedding dress in negative 40 degree wind chill. But that's all right. We all made it. So my funny story is about my dog, Kaiba. And when I first adopted her, you know, you're learning the first of everything. You don't know what they like, what they don't like. And this also fits into the topic of play. I love snowshoeing. I love to play in the snow. Always have, ever since I was a kid. So during one of the first snows, I took her with me to snowshoe. And, of course, we went to a prairie really close to the house on a prairie. The wind patterns, how it's going to blow the snow, there's going to be some really huge drifts, and there's going to be some areas where it's really flat with not a lot of snow, not a lot of snow cover. You can see the prairie. So in our trail that we took, we started off in the areas that were blown fairly clear. And so she was having a ball. She's running around. She was loving it. Like I'm like, okay, she likes the snow. We're good. And as we looped our way back around to make it to the end of our hike and to the trail, 
we ended up along a fence and along this fence were very, very deep drifts. Without my snowshoes, they probably would have been above my knee, if not taller. So for for uh, Kaiva, she's a 50-pound boxer. She's pretty small for a boxer. The snow was literally up to her chest in places, and she didn't have snowshoes. So, of course, her paws are puncturing through the drift in every step, right? Well, I'm just sliding along like a gazelle on top of the snow, and she's hating it, and I'm loving it. And so, of course, I pick her up and I carry her for as far as I can, which was not the whole way, because at this point, I was committed. I felt like I definitely don't want to backtrack all the way that we came in. Plus, this is where, like, the really good snowshoeing happens is on top of these drifts. So I carry her as far as I can, and then I put her down and let her walk for a little ways so I could recover. And she's really smart. Like, she was trying to actually step on the back of my snowshoes because she could see the snowshoes were staying on top of the snow. But that wasn't working very well because it was kind of tripping me up a little bit. But we made it. So that was her very first experience with me as her human in the snow, and I don't think she's forgotten it. So we went for a walk after the first snow. We we had two different waves of snows where I lived last week, and after the first snow, there were some drifts, and the temperatures had not plummeted then yet. So it was safe to walk her. We went out on a walk. And between my house and the neighbor's house, we were almost home again, right? Like the back leg of our hike, of our walk. And between our houses, it will drift across the sidewalk quite a lot. And my neighbor wasn't home from work yet and hadn't shoveled the walk. And she got up to where the snow went up to like probably her knee, a little bit higher, like where the dog's leg bends, not up to her shoulders yet though. And she stopped and she just looked at it and she was unmovable. There is 0% chance she was going to step one paw into that snow. And so we were either going to just walk home on the road. I was like, nah, let's just go. So I picked her up like I had that very first year I had her and carried her home. And I think the message was loud and clear that she will never snowshoe with me ever again. And that's, that's fair. I can accept that. So let's get into play, pleasure, laughter, all of the things that make life so, so sweet. Now, a lot of us, me included, can fall into the seriousness of life. I can fall into the seriousness of life so easily. And in fact, you know, these topics are really Spirit inspired for me. And yesterday I, you know, I'm a planner. So for me to be coming up with my radio show topic the day before no longer makes me nervous because I know there will always be something delivered. But it used to make me really uptight. But yesterday I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have fun with this. And the fun will surely inspire the topic. And then, of course, the topic was play, and I'm like, how in the world am I going to talk about anything play, like play, play infused for 55 minutes? For an introvert, 55 minutes every week on your own? The perception can seem like an eternity. It isn't. It goes fairly quickly. Um, but 
I was like, I'm not sure what I can talk about regarding play for all of this time. Are we sure? Are we really, really sure that we need to talk about the lighthearted aspects of life? And it was a resounding, resounding yes. And so then I spoke with my family and figured out that, um, you know, just where we were in regards to our loved one nearing the end and going through this sacred transition. And then the thing I wanted to really experience the least of all was pleasure or play. Because you just fall into that seriousness of the world. And when situations around us are intense, it's hard to stay in that lighter, fun energy. The emotions that are triggered come with heavier uh, neurotransmitters and hormones that are released in the body. This is really fascinating information that SJ shared with us. So you can jump onto her Crystalline and Currents or into the Stronger Together Facebook page and read the actual weight of different neurotransmitters and hormones to understand why you feel light in your body versus heavy in your body. And then we're also going in deeper to that topic of feelings and emotions and how to process them and what's the difference. Did you know that emotions and feelings aren't actually the same thing? We're getting into all of that and stronger together this month and helping people connect to the emotions and feelings because we are so programmed and trained to ignore them or the way that we think that we're acknowledging it just because we're sad and tears are streaming down our face isn't actually engaging with the sadness or sorrow we're experiencing. So jump into Stronger Together for more information on that. It's really going to support you through navigating intense periods of life that you're having and the emotions and feelings that come along with it. But there's a lot going on in the world right now. Like, you do not need me to tell you that. And it can be so challenging to want to be lighthearted when war is breaking out in the world or you're having these really intense situations in your personal life. And then there's the cumulative effect of it all, right? Like when people all around you are stressed and you're stressed, it's just layer on top of layer of this heaviness. And then how do you stay in a lighthearted place? It's so possible. But people truly are hurting. In fact, there is this crazy, crazy thing that went down in Lincoln. I think it was the day before yesterday. So with all the snow that we have gotten, um, you know, snow removal crews were up for days with little to no sleep. And someone operating a skid steer, hopefully you guys know what that is. It's like a skid loader. It's on the little, uh, well, now I can't think of what it's called, but instead of having round tire wheels, they're on the rotating, meh, Google it. Google has everything. I'm forgetting the word of how to describe it. But anyway, dude in a skid steer goes on a rampage destroying cars across various different businesses over the stretch of several blocks, ends up in a Home Depot parking lot, rams into a police vehicle. The police officer gets out, pulls the gun. Thank goodness he stopped. No one was, there was no shots fired. 
Um, but before this, they had also broken out a window. The article was a little bit unclear. Broken out the window or the front door of another business and in these super, super cold temps. Like, that's just so much destruction. Like, people truly are going through it right now. And so this actually makes staying in that pleasurable, lighthearted, fun energy even more required, like more powerful, more potent, more helpful to the people around you, more helpful to yourself to be able to hold the light and hold the energy for those around us. And during the month of January, it's been said that those of us who are here to hold the light for others, to hold a higher vibration, to allow people to awaken and to grow within themselves, more and more of those individuals who have that purpose on their soul to be the light in the world are going to begin to step forward. And so also if that's you and you're kind of questioning it, but you're not really sure, jump into our Stronger Together Facebook page, jump into our community, email me, message me, fiercelyradiantsoul at yahoo.com. Let's connect. Um, you know, I am so passionate about supporting healers. You're needed. And so if you're feeling that nudge on your soul, listen to it. It is there for a reason. But one of the things that you can do while you're finding your way through to what is that bigger purpose is simply be a joy to be around. And isn't this a thought to ponder? What is it like to be on the other side of me? What is it like to live with me? It's not something that we too often focus on. We, it's so much easier to focus on the other people that we live with or um, maybe just thinking that we're a blessing to everybody when we, you know, have our moments. We're humans. Not all of our moments are pleasure, pleasurable and lighthearted and amazing. But overall, does the good outweigh the bad or is there are certain areas of refinement that you're feeling called to work toward at this time. So when we're in these intense periods of life, we generally have one of two different reactions to life situations. We can tend to be avoidant or permissive. So this is the passive response. This might include staying in a situation for far too long, a situation that isn't in our best interest, but it's not easy to move beyond. And so we stay because we're just taking the path of least resistance. A lot of people are being called to step out of that path of least resistance. And how you do that, one of the most important ways is decisions, making a decision after a decision after a decision. And recently we had an episode here on Eyes Wide Open about decision making so that you could be certain and feel good about them. If you haven't heard that episode yet, go listen to it. It is going to really help you make decisions that keep you in your power from a place of power, not from a place of emotion or impulse. Now, the other reaction to life situations, these intense situations, is destructive. And I don't mean that from an aggressive point of view. I mean it as an active response. It is the active response where we go all in to take action to destroy whatever is causing the pain and the discomfort. So you can, you know, reflect on yourself and see which is your 
more common response? And is it balanced, like, within the avoidance? Is it a healthy avoidance that it doesn't rock your peace, it keeps you in your peace, and your peace is your place of power, and so then the inspired action that you are taking when you do take action is from really clean, pure energy? Or is the all-in destruction active response so all-in that you're consumed by it, right? So are we in a balanced place with those responses, or is there a way to balance those scales? for you to really show up for yourself in a strong sense of leadership. I had a realization, uh, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago now or so, but in the seriousness of life and the intensity that my husband and I have been living through with the situation of the past couple of years, I, did, I took pause, right? Because I love this like countercultural life that I live and the, kind of inside-out, upside-down approach to the world and being what I like to say, being right-side-up in an upside-down world or society. But I thought, you know what? I actually think that in adulthood is the best time to experience pleasure and joy, not in your childhood. But so often we can reflect to our childhood and all this time of innocence and there was no responsibility and it was so amazing. I firmly believe that we can build a life in our adulthood that can be so amazing. And if we build it from the place of beliefs where what we're manifesting and attracting and creating is a fully abundant time freedom, financial freedom, having time to be with your children, playing to make money, not working to make money, you can have a very pleasurable life and you get to choose everything, right? Like you don't have a school schedule unless you decide that you love higher education, you want to continue studying. You don't have to go to grandma's or daycare or whatever while your parents are doing the things that they need to do during the day. As adults, you get to make every single decision. Like, there is no better time to have joy and pleasure and laughter in your life and to step aside from the seriousness that life can create. So, you know me, I wanted to get into some of what the research says about play, why it's so profound in our everyday life, why it's so profound for us as adults and not just children. This really isn't something where you grow out of it. I really feel as though I posted this on social media. SJ, this movie reference is for you and for any of my other movie buffs out there. I am not a movie buff if you're new to my world. So I think this is my third movie reference in over a year. And there's always applause from my inner circle when I have a movie reference to share. So. Here it is, and don't expect another one for a few more months. But Benjamin Button, like the the older you get, the younger you are, I really feel like he was on to something with that. And so reclaiming these aspects of our childhood that we should have never lost in the first place, I'm sorry to shit all over you, but it just felt right, if I'm being honest, in the moment. So let's reframe that mindset and say, these childhood aspects that 
empower us when we do not outgrow them. So play even as adults increases your focus during work. Does you well to take breaks, but not just to take a break, to move away from the work, to engage in this lighthearted activity that is playful and brings that pleasurable energy into your day. So this might look like scheduling those 15-minute breaks that you maybe never take and you might skip your lunch break too, especially if you're a high achiever. I see you out there, high achievers, because I never did this myself at all, ever, not once. That's a lot of sarcasm. So making sure you get those breaks and intentionally spend those breaks doing something that is going to allow you to really feel pleasure and joy in your physical body. Play also improves stress management. I like think about that. When you think about a child, the child having a meltdown, are they playing? I mean, sometimes if someone stole their toy, right? But in the moment of their like super innocent, excited, pleasurable, exploring the world play, they're not stressed. So what play does for us, even as adults, is release endorphins. And those endorphins are feel-good chemicals that make life feel easier and you feel better about yourself. You feel better about your day. It really allows you to have a good day on purpose um, or a good rest of your day on purpose if it hasn't been the best until you incorporated a little play into it. Adulthood play also helps us be more creative. You know, that exploration, experimentation, and imagination, and curiosity, all of that creates space for creativity. All of that is very common within children. And there's something else I work with with clients all the time, all the time, especially, again, my high achievers. It is really challenging for high achievers to go into a task and not expect themselves to know how to do it, even if they're new to the task. But this creativity energy through the exploration and experimentation and imagination and curiosity, all of that is required along with that beginner energy when you are new to something. Now, if you think about when children are in their earlier development stages, they're learning to crawl, they're learning to walk, they're going to take their first step, like how much are you cheering that child on as they learn the new thing? And this, of course, even goes into education, you know, reading books and the, I don't know if the Book It program is still out there, but man, I loved the Book It program because my inner nerd was a book reader and I could get a pizza for reading. Yes, please. So we, somewhere along the line, stop rewarding ourselves, cheering ourselves on for exploring and experimenting and allowing ourselves to learn something new and tend to show up in that serious mode 
of I should know how to do this or I should know how to do this between two to ten minutes after I start. And if I don't, I'm going to get frustrated and annoyed and agitated. And then I'm going to make it mean something about me, which is like I'm not enough or I don't know how or I'm not good enough or I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to make it. Ah, it's maddening. <laughs> so just allow yourself to embrace a little childlike awe and wonder and explore and experiment. Use your imagination. Be curious. Embrace that beginner energy. If it's something that you're new to, give yourself space to learn. And the more that you play, the more creative you'll be, the more ideas you'll have, the more breakthroughs you'll claim. So you can't go wrong. cannot go wrong with the play. Playing with other individuals actually makes us more empathetic. And empathy is so profound in relationships, having trust in relationships. Trust that someone will hold the space for you to truly be seen and heard. And, you know, as, again, going back to childhood, how we initially build relationships is through play. So bringing that into your relationships now, even romantic relationships or a friendship or, you know, work colleagues is actually going to improve those relationships. Now, I know in my beautiful outline that I don't have, there was something else I was going to talk to you about relationships here today. So I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but if it pops in later, we'll loop back around. And if it doesn't, I'm sure it'll come through for a different radio show episode. (laughs) Now, other benefits, there's a couple. These are really fun for me personally. I love them because I love to be a body in motion, but play is the easiest way to burn calories. So physical activity can bring you so much joy. SJ and I, you, you guys already know, like we're always on the opposite ends of the spectrum with things. And so I had said early on in meeting her how much I like to move my body and how I felt as though uh, even working out can be a moving meditation for me or walking can be a meditation for me. And I get a lot of information in that space, um, sometimes more than what I get when I sit still and meditate, although that's also a very sacred practice for me at this point. But it didn't start. It really started with movement meditating or movement meditation being more profound just simply because I could show up for it more easily. And so it wasn't too long ago where she flippantly but seriously said, yeah, I really wanted Janessa to be wrong about that. And I laughed so hard um, because there is something so profound about moving your body And we're going to have a guest on at the end of this month who actually heals. She's a healer. She heals from the outside in. So quite the opposite of what I've talked about, healing from the inside out. And that all centers around physical activity. So get ready for that episode. It's going to be great. Um, But for now, just know that physical activity obviously burns calories, and when you're doing something to move your body, to have fun and to play, I mean, again, reflecting back on childhood, the kids, they're the play pros. Let's take some pro tips from them. 
there's a lot of movement. Kids do not like to sit still very long. Like they are on the go. And we are really meant to be bodies in motion to a certain extent, right? With balance. We are not meant to sit all day. Our bodies are not designed for it. It's not great for our health. It's not great for our back. It's not great for our posture. It's not great for a lot of things. And so get up and get moving. But it doesn't have to be a workout. It doesn't have to be something where there's um, like a physical goal attached to it. Literally, it's for the sake of embodying this lightheartedness and fun and bringing that into your life. So set aside some, some time tomorrow for some play and let it be physical. And then the last one, I, I really, really love this one, that play makes smarter. Yes, please, sign me up for that. I want to be smarter without having to study, memorize, dig into things. Um, like, my brain feels so tired when I'm learning new things and I'm spending hours studying them. But there is a study in 2009 in the Journal of School Health that said the more physical activity tests that students can pass, the more likely they were to do well on academic tests as well. Isn't that cool? So you can make yourself smarter just by getting some physical activity into your life through play, making it fun, making it lighthearted. Have I sold you on it yet? I mean, this should really be like asking for help where you're such a gift to the other person because you're extending their life and making them feel better. This, this should be the equivalent for you incorporating play into your own life. So what does play look like as an adult? And I think there's something to be said for play as an adult having different chapters throughout our lifetime. So I have found recently, we are for sure in a transition. (laughs) I don't know if you guys feel it, but I feel it. And the things I used to really enjoy, I am feeling some lackluster with, quite honestly. And reading is one of them. I've always been a reader. I, you know, outed my nerd status with Book It already in this episode. Love to read books. And I have read the least amount of books in 2023 last year than any other year for probably more than 10 years. And I find that interesting. I don't think I've lost the love to read whatsoever. It's just not holding my attention or focus the same way. I'm also noticing that with some of the people I like to listen to and follow for content, I just am not holding the focus with it. And so when I have free time, I ask myself, well, what do I want to do? (laughs) How do I want to go enjoy this time, this free time I have? And I've had a little bit of a harder time finding something that really interests me. And I've worked with other clients who go through the same thing. As we grow in our personal development, we'll go through these phases where we shed, we release so much that old things that used to be 
so commonplace for us fall aside. So I think there's a really relevant uh, conversation to be had here around pleasure. So if you would like to share your most favorite things to do that bring you joy, I would love to hear them. You can email them in. You can drop them on my Facebook post um, from the radio show today. But let's inspire each other. We are going to take this conversation a little bit further, a little bit deeper here in a moment. But I had a couple questions come in, so let's get into those first. Terry in Seattle, hello, happy hump day. Thank you for listening. You said the energy feels so intense lately. How can I feel better? Some days I can't even breathe. It has been intense. It has been intense lately. And I think that there's so much strength being cultivated in this period for people right now. If you haven't heard me talk about before the fourth turning where good times create weak individuals, weak individuals create weak times, weak times create um, hard times, weak individuals create hard times, hard times create strong individuals. Uh, that took my brain a moment to interpret because I've actually heard it and have recited it in my head over and over again with the word man, which I don't think it fits because I think of all humans. And so anyway, you get the point, right? We live in this cycle and we're in the cycle where we're in the hard times and it's cultivating so much strength. So first of all, I just want to encourage you to keep going. Uh, you know, breath work is great, honestly. I know that you say, like, sometimes it's so heavy, right? I'm assuming it's a heavy feeling. You feel like you can't necessarily breathe. And I've noticed that at times when my sleep is interrupted or when I get more tense in the seriousness of what I'm going through, naturally our bodies respond by taking these shallow, shallow breaths and just simply taking some really deep belly breaths can immediately soothe the nervous system and you can do it anywhere you can do it when you're driving you can do it at the store you can do it at work you can do it anytime so i would encourage you to look into some different breath work we do have a breath work course on our stronger together platform if you want a whole bunch of tools all in one place because of course we have multiple forms of tapping there as well um, the tapping tutorial is another way if you're feeling like you're in this constant state of intensity, using that natural bio-de-stressing tapping that is linked to our News for the Soul profile um, with eyes wide open, you can use that in the morning to get ready for your day and at night to get ready for bed. Or if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're not able to go back to sleep, you can use it then too. It's really powerful in moving stagnant emotions out of the nervous system, calming your body, calming your mind. And it's so effective. I experimented with this with blood pressure readings and multiple people because I wanted to know. I wanted to know what does it do physically. Like I, can, I feel more relaxed. I feel calmer. But I want a tangible result. And for everyone who participated in my small little study, and there's probably, honestly, a lot of other studies out there. I haven't researched them, but everyone's blood pressure dropped by around, right around 10 points. So, and that was immediately after, and the tapping 
it, it'll take you 10 minutes tops. Once you have it memorized, you can go through it in five minutes or less. So those would be the two things that are so simple. You can do them anywhere you are. You don't need uh, resources. You don't need to invest in anything. Just simply doing some intentional breath work or some tapping. So I hope that helps you, Terry. And as I said, like so much encouragement and love to you. Keep going. I know that you're becoming stronger and you're going to be doing some great things on the other side of this intense little cycle that we're in. Um, I posted today a quote from Deepak Chopra, also last little bit of inspiration for you. And that quote said that before every huge change is chaos or intensity, you know, insert whatever word you'd like there. And it's so true. So I am very confident that on the other side of this is evolution that's going to be beautiful and wonderful for you. Thank you so much for sending your question in this evening. Brittany in Chicago, hello and welcome. Thank you for being here and thank you for writing. You said, I feel like I'm too empathetic and other people's energy is lowering my vibe. How can I stop doing that? This is such a journey for us empaths, isn't it? I'm not sure if I've met a sensitive person or an empath who hasn't encountered this at some point in their journey. It's something to grow into and something that is really, really profound. And I know it's going to sound so silly, but hear me out, Brittany, is holding the front and back of your head. It's unwinding of the frontal and occipital lobes. And I'll spare you all the sciencey stuff about the pressure points and the amygdala and the occipital and the different parts of the brain that it engages, but it's really profound. And so if you do that in the morning and evening, really holding that intention that other people's energy doesn't have to, um, you know, like infiltrate your energy fields and may, you don't have to feel like other people feel essentially, right? Like understanding, being empathetic and understanding the shoes that someone else is walking in doesn't mean that you also have to feel it or be in it with them. It's just holding that space for them. So I would encourage you to use that UFO holding, making sure that your energy field, your energetics is locked in and that you just are releasing at the end of every day. Or even if you notice it after an exchange with a person, just release the energy that you know isn't in alignment with you. Send it back to them, reclaim yours, and keep it moving. So I hope that helps. That should make a huge shift, even though it sounds like it's just something so simple. So as we move to close out here today, let's dive back into this conversation of <laughs> what does play look like as an adult <laughs> and as our interests shift and as we grow and evolve? So it might look like board games. And particularly, I want to suggest that you dive into board games that you enjoyed as a kid. As a little kiddo with a 
crazy curly blonde hair. I loved the game, sorry, and I always had to win. And dad, dad, if you ever beat me, mm, it was, you know, that earlier conversation about a kid never stressed out when they play except for the kid that's Janessa at age four who might lose a, a game of sorry or <laughs> really stressed out. <laughs> but seriously, go back to the board games that you played as a child and play them as an adult and let yourself enjoy it the way that you did when you were a kiddo. Um, a close friend of mine, uh, I just adore her kids. She has two little girls. They're not so little anymore. I want them to stay little for forever. The oldest one is 13 now, and the youngest is 10. But we would play Sorry, and it was the most magical, amazing thing. Like, it was so much fun to play this game with these kids that I loved and to see them have fun and want to win at all costs, even if maybe they cheated. And even if the seven card maybe was like 11 spaces on the board, um, it was great. So tap back into that childhood magic and let yourself play the games that you played as a child. And if you're able to do it with kids, even better. So to this end, you know, also you could engage in other activities that you enjoyed as a kid. Red Rover was one of my favorites. I don't think I have enough adult friends who would play Red Rover with me as an adult. But if anyone out there is game, let's do it. Let's create a little Red Rover day in the park and uh, we can Red Rover, Red Rover, send someone on over and laugh and smile and have a ball. Now, as we were going through the benefits, the burning calories, which I don't really want the focus to be on burning calories because moving your body has so many more benefits to your physical body than the focus on calories, but get engaged in physical activity that you enjoy, something that doesn't feel like a workout, like I said earlier. You know, getting out in a park, maybe playing um, on a sports league. For me, I love, I still love the snow. I, I don't love the cold weather that comes with it, but I feel like if the weather has to be cold, then I love being in the snow. So I don't really want a snowblower. I'm still, I feel like, young and capable to shovel my snow. There's something about that that even though it is this physical exertion, I love like throwing the snow, watching the wind carried away, seeing the glistening. And of course, as I mentioned, I love snowshoeing. I absolutely love snowboarding. I love being out in the snow. Snow angels, I'm not too old for them. And also was reminiscing about building forts in the snow this week also. And one of our very regular listeners, Joni, shout out to you. She mentioned how her dad used to clear snow and make these huge snow mounds that were the best ever for snow forts. And I hadn't thought about that in years, but same. My dad did the same thing. And the drifts in the ditches out in the country, oh, my gosh, so much fun, fun for hours until my little face and fingers were frostbit. So find whatever physical activity you actually enjoy that you want to be doing to move your body. It might not be, you know, that workout 
and it might not be the same thing every day. Variety can keep us well inspired more than the mundane. Maybe it's crafts. Do you like crafts? Some lash hook or embroidery? A friend of mine just introduced me to her embroidery, like mad skills too, mind you. I had no idea how like the different color of floss or that it was even called floss. If you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have called it thread. All of the things to do the embroidery and to make it so beautiful it is so therapeutic. I actually just sitting there watching her, it was like flying the kite when I watched that and I, it was meditative and so um, like magical. I'm not crazy about that word, but you get it. So it's really meditative and therapeutic. And so that's the way the embroidery was as well. It can be so good for you on so many different levels. It will disconnect you from the stress and engage your brain. Crafts are easy to do with other people, you know, and if you want to take it back to the childhood vibe, you could pull out some Legos or maybe get crafty and buildy with some Play-Doh. Like, there's lots of different ways to have some fun and pleasure with some, some toys um, and crafts particularly. Okay, so then, of course, there's puzzle cards, coloring books do a lot of that as a kid. Um, I don't really feel like I need to elaborate on that. My family is a big family of card players. I recall learning to play cards sitting on the lap of, you know, my grandfather or my great uncle, and they would point at the card that I needed to pull and throw on the table, and I feel like I just picked it up from watching everyone and being told what cards to play, um, but we still play a lot of cards in my family. And I used to be so crazy about puzzles, and this last week I talked about pulling a puzzle out and doing one, but I didn't actually make it happen. And, you know, adult coloring books are alive and well, and they're very meditative as well. So lots of good things there that you could bring in to create some lightheartedness in your home. And then, of course, if you have pets or children, you can just engage in some rough and tumble play with them or not even rough and tumble play, but play nonetheless. I say that because boxers, when they play, they, they really box, right? Like that's why the breed is called boxers. They, they will box you with their front paws and swing at you. My first boxer, that was a male. He would bruise my legs. He would just go at it. Um, but it was a lot of fun, a lot of play, fun to play with. My Kaiba, she's a much more gentle soul. So I hope this gets you thinking along some new lines of things that you can do to um, incorporate more lighthearted pleasure and laughter in your world. And just as I say Kaiba, she's walked into this room here where I am. So she is sending you all salutations and greetings this week. Um, my goodness, who thought that we could talk about play for 55 minutes? I assure you it wasn't me, but we've almost made it. It's almost the top of the hour. And so as we move to the top of the hour, there's a couple of things I would like to share with you. 
And one of them is a spiritual alchemy container that has just launched within our community. And it's such a potent time to explore your spirituality and spirit and how you're connected to a source greater than yourself, to this intelligence that has created this life that we live, you know, this intelligence that grew you in your mother's womb. It's fascinating. And there's no time like now to explore your spirituality because church attendance is way, way, way down. And I think some of that is due to how our world has shifted through COVID, but I think it's also due to a lot of other things. And so with people seeking less spirituality through organized religions, there's less community. There's more separation between people. And so this offering allows you to go deep within yourself, to explore your beliefs, to cultivate your connection to source, that relationship with source, to have a safe place to ask questions, to have other brilliant humans to get information from, to have these deep, meaningful conversations that help you identify what feels right and true for you. And the people so far that have jumped into this container are incredible. And the questions being asked are, you know, questions that I so commonly hear with one-on-one clients. And I am so elated that people are getting to experience having these conversations together and to know that they're not alone because the spiritual awakening process can be one of such isolation. So to have that ability to explore these things with other people in community where you don't necessarily feel like you have to be boxed into specific religious doctrine or rules is so profound and so beautiful to hear the conversations that are being held there. And it is not too late to join. This container is actually going to go through March 10th, (laughs) technically. So you have not missed out on a thing. And if you'd like to get in, you can shoot me an email at fiercelyradiantsoul at yahoo.com. We would love to have you. And the other thing I'd like to offer to you this evening is that I have three slots for one-on-one coaching. Do you master the art of being human? Our process, it is actually said, if you don't have a process of what you're doing, you can't recreate it. So having something is great. But it's essentially like sand slipping through your fingers if you don't have a process to be able to keep it. And so working with my clients one-on-one, we're really cultivating those processes specific to you to work through your emotions quickly in your rhythm, not bypassing them, to have the tools to shift your mindset to a mindset that empowers you and is abundant and to cultivate a clear spiritual connection. If you'd like to work with me one-on-one, I would love to get on a discovery call with you for free and connect with you, hear where you are, where you want to go, and explore how we can get there together. Again, you can email me for that as well, or you can go to my website, www.fiercelyradiantsoul.com, and at the bottom of that homepage, you can just book your discovery call there. So next week, I will be returning with SJ. We have a great topic in store for you, 
And until then, friends, keep your eyes wide open. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, 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 h